Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Let's get the mayor in here. I'm kind of curious, you know, just a tenant to the last story where we were talking about this parking pad that was given, special dispensation for a guy with an EV, an uh, electronic vehicle out there in Parkdale against what has been uh, the city's pretty much their ordinance that you can't have a parking pad in front of your home because uh, there are environmental concerns. You know, you'd remove trees and uh, the hard pads increase water runoff and so on and so forth. Mayor Tory, good afternoon. Welcome to the Oakley Show. Hey, John. Nice to talk to you. Always a pleasure. Uh, just quickly, before we get on to other matters, I mean, this has now become uh, some of a con- somewhat of a conundrum here because uh, I hear Councillor Perks worried that this could open up a can of worms. Guy gets a parking pad uh, against, I guess, the orders of the Committee of Adjustment, a uh, city planner advocated for him, because he's got an e-vehicle, and uh, that's the stated initiative, reduce the carbon footprint. How do you see well, we're going to have to come to grips with that. Uh, you know, this is a precedent in, the, in that it's the first decision of its kind that's been taken, but it, it puts a very serious question on the table, which is if we're serious about encouraging people to have electric vehicles, then they have to be charged up. And we're either going to then have to say, fine, the city or somebody's going to have to put charging stations along the street if that's where we say you have to park, or we're going to have to say that people have to park in some place closer to their home where they can plug their car in. So uh, these are the kinds of things as you get change, meaning a change towards electric vehicles, if that's where we're headed, which I think we are, you know, not immediately, but certainly on an, on an increased basis, um, we're going to have to answer that question and either say, because you can't have it both ways. You can't say, and I think the main reason people don't like the parking pads is all the reasons you mentioned, but also they just don't. I mean, I think most people would admit they don't look as good uh, in terms of a neighborhood looking nice when you have, you know, cars all the way down the street parked on people's front uh, front yard. So we've got to come to grips with it now. And uh, the, the, a decision like this forces you to, to sort of say, okay, what are you going to do? Right. So basically, this guy's a pioneer. Well, he is, and I admire people like that because they, you know, as much as you might expect me to say otherwise, I admire people who have a decision of of an arm of government, in this case, the Committee of Adjustment, and just say, I'm not accepting that. I want to have this Tesla car for whatever reason. He may have, maybe he just likes it because it's quieter, who knows, but he might like the look of the car. It doesn't matter. He wants to have that car. It has to be plugged in, and I'm not going to accept the decision saying that I can't have the car because I can't park it on my front uh, yard because I to plug it in. So um, I think these things cause us to have to then say, okay, what are we going to do as a matter of general policy for the city? And we're now just embarked on that, uh, given uh, this decision. And there'd been some discussion. Councillor Brad Bradford is a person who really supports uh, uh, green cars, electric cars, and he was going to bring forward something that forced us to address this issue anyway, because he would say, if he, I think he'd say it a bit differently. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he'd say, if you have an electric car, then you should be allowed a, a, a parking pad, but other people shouldn't be, because you have a reason to have one if you have an electric car, because you need to plug it in. I think that's what his position is, but we were going to debate it sooner or later. Well, now it'll be sooner. Well, you're right. And, uh, you know, as a practical matter, because I had a caller who suggested this and uh, didn't actually uh, fail me either. Somebody's got the EV today and they get the parking pad, ditch the car. What happens to the pad? I mean, do you have uh, somebody coming around, municipal bylaw enforcement officer, seeing what's parked on that spot? 
Well, and that's a flaw in Councillor Bradford. No offense intended. That's a flaw in his suggestion you just mentioned, which I think is very smart. You know, because if then you know, do, you, do you grandfather that pad and say somebody can park a normal car on there? So these are the kinds of things we have to deal with. And of course, the resources you have to apply to enforcement are another thing because that has a cost to it. And so you know that's why it's never easy down here to deal with these issues, both because there's never a right and wrong answer. There's always somebody who will tell you your answer that you come up with is wrong, and that's fine. Uh, and also, there's always a cost to say even in just enforcing the law. So we're going to start to deal with this now in earnest because we have to, and uh, we'll see where we end up. All right. Uh, is that pad legit, man? Uh, we'll be asking. It's almost like Beatnik Times revisited in the city of Toronto with the mayor, John Tory. So, John, let me pivot to something else that I know is uh, top of mind here and uh, something that you're uh, very much involved with and an advocate for, and that is this uh, Canada Strong campaign, hoping to raise $1.5 million for the people who lost Canadian family members in the Ukraine flight shot down by uh, Iran. Where do we stand now as far as the numbers are concerned? You know, I haven't checked today, but as of yesterday, it was already after one day at about $135,000. And, um, you know, what we've got to do is get behind it now. We need the corporate sector to step up and even make uh, the kind of, you know, modest uh, contributions. And by modest, I mean, it's an incredible amount of money that Mohamed Faki, the guy from Paramount Foods, who really was spearheading this, and I just really got behind him and helped him to get it organized. But he gave $30,000 himself. Uh, and we need corporate Canada to step up and do that kind of donation. And then we need a lot of people to, you know, give 25 bucks or 50 bucks if they can afford it. I will just say to you, if people wonder about the reason for this, um, I heard a story today, for example, about a family that didn't have access to their bank accounts, and until they sort out, which may never entirely get sorted out easily, uh, the fact that you know, you're dealing with a country like Iran where it's going to be difficult to get paperwork to free up bank accounts, uh, there are people who need money uh, you know, where family members have been lost and they were the only signatories on the bank account. Uh, you have other instances in which people will have funeral expenses they obviously hadn't expected to have, uh, uh, you know, and we found this from the Young Street van attack. I mean, it's just expenses people are put to, even from missing some work where the employer doesn't pay them, uh, you know, for whatever reason, uh, when they're away, uh, you know, uh, grieving. So uh, I think the kind of money we're trying to raise, which is $1.5 million across the country, only for the families of these victims, which are about 35 or 40 families. There were 57 Canadians, but they're, they're, some of them are multiple people, unfortunately, from, from one family. So we're just trying to raise some money to give them a little bit of help in getting through the practicalities of, of a terrible, terrible experience uh, that those families have been through just by the loss of these loved ones. Any set duration to the campaign? Well, no, we, but I tell you what we'd like to do, John, is obviously raise this money as quickly as possible, only because I think the need for the money for things like, you know, uh, funeral expenses and uh, short-term things where bank accounts might be frozen, or, you know, frankly, even if they had access to bank accounts, there's uh, always the possibility that a loved one dies with the bank account being empty, you know, just because it, it is. That's true. A lot of people are living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. So uh, we're trying to raise it as quickly as we can, and meaning if ideally if we could raise it in the next two or three weeks, then we could distribute it, and we're going to get some respected Canadians to give us advice on how to distribute it. I think the opening position would be every family would just get, you know, the same amount, which is largely what we did with the Young Street Bad Attack, and uh, take it from there. With Mayor John Tory, just a couple of more quick questions. Yeah. You said funeral expenses. Uh, do we anticipate that uh, individuals will be repatriated to this country, the victims of this crash? 
that's a real issue at the moment, and, and it's an issue that is in part, uh, when I say an issue, it's a challenge, because in part it is created by the fact that we don't have the kind of normal relationship with Iran that, uh, uh, you know, that other countries will have. It is also uh, contributed to by the fact that their way of documenting the kinds of things that we often would require in order to repatriate somebody's remains, um, you know, are, it's, it, they, that kind of documentation doesn't exist to the same extent. So it's one of the things I know, because uh, I spoke with the Minister of Global Affairs today, Day, uh, one of the things he's working hardest on, because of course, of all the things that would be preoccupying many, not all, some I think have indicated they're going to have their loved ones uh, buried in, in Iran, but others want to repatriate them here, and that's a, obviously a huge challenge. And of course, uh, with many of them being of the Islamic faith, they they want to have them buried as soon as possible, consistent with the tenets of that faith. So, so I know everybody's working very hard to get that done, and I think there is an assumption there'll be a lot of funerals take place here and burial expenses, because that's what the relatives want now these uh there are pending lawsuits of i as i understood uh correctly from somebody earlier last hour that uh they're seeking to you know get people together and uh whether they go yep. after the ukrainian airline company or iran itself which would be done in collusion with canada seeking compensation through channels that are as you say difficult because we don't have formal relations with them uh so in addition to that i mean when we accrue this money let's say including from this uh, canada strong campaign that uh mohammed faki set up and you say 135,000 at last word how do we uh determine how the money gets dispersed well, what we did in the case of the uh, Young Street van attack, the funding that people generously contributed there, is we got Barbara Hall, the former mayor, to sit down and talk to the stakeholders, including the families and others, and she came up with a, essentially, in a nutshell, saying every family would get an equal amount of those who lost their lives. But we, interestingly enough, we gave them the option of saying, if you don't feel you need this money or you don't want to take it, um, you could say no, and, and we would then simply take your share and divide it up among the other families. And there were three or four families going from memory who said no, they didn't feel they needed the money, and we were able to take that and give more to the families who did. And so what we said yesterday when we announced this, myself and Mr. Hockey, is that we would get a couple of respected Canadians to do what Barbara Hall did and sort of say, okay, here's how much we have, here's who is out there as potential beneficiaries, the families, um, you know, and how should we do it? And my guess is it just seems fair that since they all unfortunately lost their lives, there were no injured here, there were just, uh, I mean, there are people left behind, but there is that we would uh, divide it equally, but I'm not trying to prejudge what somebody will do that isn't us. I mean, it shouldn't be done by a politician, and it shouldn't even be done by Mr. Faki, even though he was the, uh, you know, the, the impetus behind this. All right, and so uh, finally, for anybody who would like to contribute, and you also implored, you know, uh, Corporate Canada to step up to the plate in this regard, uh, how do they access and make that uh, donation? TorontoFoundation.ca. Uh, slash Canada Strong Campaign. So I'll okay, say that again, torontofoundation.ca, uh, uh, you know, oblique uh, Canada Strong Campaign. And I mentioned the Toronto Foundation. I hadn't mentioned it. One of the things we tried to do, John, was to make sure that with the Toronto Foundation involved, a very highly respected uh, organization and the Denton's law firm, is to have people satisfied that you have an organization that can not only issue you a receipt, but more importantly is a well-established organization that will take good care of this money. And thanks again to the generosity of Mr. Fauci, he said he will pay all of the costs of the campaign. So 100% of the money donated through the Toronto Foundation will go uh, to the families uh, of these uh, uh, victims that uh, were lost in the plane uh, crash. All right. So it is a charitable donation. So yeah. Is a, yeah. All right. Uh, and by the way, the latest update I've got now, 253,611. We're getting there. That's in two days. So, you know, we're what, uh, sort of a, a sixth of the way there uh, in two days. And so I, that's why I said the time frame I was talking about. And we haven't really begun in earnest to sort of get the corporate people, because if they give the kinds of donations in the tens of thousands of dollars, as I hope they will, um, that'll allow that total to rise faster. But I'm very happy at how that's going. 
A sixth. That was just off the top of your head. You're pretty good well, with the numbers. Rough math. I mean, you know. I was going to say, it must be budget season. <laughs> it is that. We'll talk about that another day. Okay. You're right. Uh, I won't labor the point here, uh, but we'll let you go. Mayor Tory. appreciate your time weighing in. Thanks, John. It's always a pleasure. Bye-bye. You got it, Mayor John Tory. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.